1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to MoneyWise. Whether you are a regular listener or new to our show, if it's a Sunday morning in America, then it's time for MoneyWise. So thank you so much for being with us. MoneyWise is brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. We're located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. And we welcome the opportunity to meet with you on the telephone, over the internet, on a Zoom conference, or even in person. We've taken a lot of steps to make our office a safe place to be. We'll do a screening if you want to come in to see us. We'll ask you some questions. We'll take your temperature when you come in. You're required to wear a mask. And we also sit at six-foot distances. So we do have an opportunity to meet with clients. We've been doing that for a little while now, and we welcome you. Our goal here is very simple. We're looking to share some ideas with you for how to protect your family and how to protect your money. This is your time, so please stay tuned and listen. Today we're going to be talking about financial mistakes and financial solutions during a pandemic, part two. And I'd like to begin this morning by saying a good morning to Peter Lance. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And welcome once again to being on the show. We've got a lot of things to talk about today. We're going to be talking about love and marriage and savings and how how long should you be helping to support and take care of your adult child if you're still doing that. Special issues for millennials. This is a really difficult time in everybody's life when we need to think about A couple of basic things, and here's the most important question for today. Have you done anything during the time of pandemic to improve your financial situation, or are you just getting by? Is this a time when you've been tempted to go out and just spend a lot more money because you're bored or you're indoors, or is this the time when you're not working? Recently, it was announced that Massachusetts, up until just a few weeks ago, has had the highest rate of unemployment in the country. That's a pretty remarkable thing. Now we're number two. But today we're going to be talking about some ideas that you can use to improve your situation. It's estimated right now, for example, that 23% of all the consumers in this country have added to their credit card debt during the pandemic. Uh, That's tough. Maybe people are doing that because they need to do it to survive and to buy things. But hopefully you're not somebody who's in that category. And it's also a time when you can sit down and think about maybe establishing some new financial goals that are going to benefit you, your family, your children, your future. So today let's talk about a few of those things. A lot of people get confused when they think about investing. They think about Gee, if I put my money someplace else other than a bank, then maybe I'm going to lose some money. Well, that's not necessarily the case. There are a lot of many safe places that you can put money today. Right, Peter? Yeah, there's many different places that you can put money. And we have a lot of clients, believe it or not, who either have money just sitting in the bank not earning anything or, if anything, earning you know a quarter or 1% or something that's um, not really important at all because you're not even keeping up with the... Uh, cost of inflation. Well, not only are bank rates especially low right now, but the Federal Reserve has recently announced that they expect that the national rates, national Federal Reserve rates, are going to remain low probably for the next two or three years. Yeah, for the next several years at least, they've said. And that's a long time. And, you know, we also have clients, believe it or not, uh, you may be one of them listening, who has large sums of cash literally under the mattress or in a drawer or in a closet. It just blows my mind when one of those clients tells me that they have, you know, $30,000 here or there. It's like, why would you do that? You're, You're in worse shape than having it in the bank because at least in the bank, it's safe and secure. Whereas if you had a home fire or a robbery, um, you know, there's so many different things that could happen. So sure. I'd like to have your money burn up in a house fire. That wouldn't make any sense. It's not safe physically to have it there. Insurance isn't going to pay for that. Did you know that the uh, United States Department of Treasury has a whole department that employs a large number of people that will take currency that has been burned or destroyed or damaged in some fashion, and they meticulously go through one bill at a time and try to recapture serial numbers 
and then they'll reimburse the person who does that. So it's 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 a fairly common occurrence, actually. No, nope, I didn't know that. I know that uh, when I was younger, I used to get bills once in a great while that were really ripped in half and not in great shape. And I think the banks are much better about that nowadays in terms of when they collect money that is not in great shape, they must have some sort of protocol where they have to get rid of it and turn it back into the treasury because you really don't see tattered, really worn bills anymore like you used to back when I was growing up in the 80s. That's true. You know, I wonder how many people have cut a $50 bill in half and then gone to the bank and said, I've lost the other half. I don't think they can get away with that, can they? No, I doubt it. But I used to um, remember seeing just really tattered $20 bills, $10 bills, and some of them were even torn in half, like you just said, and I would tape them together. That's a little bit different because you have the same serial number on both sides. But you know a quick way to double your money these days, Pete? You take a $50 bill out of your wallet or a $100 bill, you fold it in half, and you put it in your back pocket. And that's today's joke. You've doubled your money. We need to have sound effects on this show. Oh, that's a good idea. But um, going back to your earlier point right at the top of the show, uh, yes, we are meeting with people. We've made that uh, fairly clear, I hope. Um, And we are taking very extreme links to make sure that our clients are comfortable when they come into the office. Um, As soon as they come in, they are instantly seated in a large, very large conference room. Um, and it's almost immediately across from the entrance to um, our, our entrance. Yep. Um, and uh, not only is it a huge conference table, but there's a very large plexiglass screen up in between as well. And uh, during nicer, warmer weather days, like we saw uh, this week, uh, we've actually met with clients outside at a picnic table that we have out there, if some, somebody really wants to do that. Yep, so it is a safe place to meet, and we're very careful here. Um, We want to be safe. We want you and your family to be safe. And here's a first good tip for today. Uh, Think about when you get something that says you have a lump sum pension you can take or you can take it out over time as a pension. This is a time when it probably makes more sense to take the lump sum and not take the payout amount. It's not automatic. I actually had a client this past week, Pete, who basically had a former position, a former place of work, and it was around a $9,980 lump sum pension that she could take, or she could get something like $54 a month for the rest of her life. Of course, if she elected the payout offer, $54 a month, uh, that's about $600 a year. If she didn't live long enough to make up that $9,800, then the pension would simply stop and there would be nothing left of that pension. So I advised her to take the lump sum pension. doesn't sound like a huge amount of money, but it's actually going to give her a bonus of 10% because of the product that she put it into. She put it into a fixed annuity contract, so she immediately picked up $1,000. And then she'll make more money going forward. So think about if you get an offer for taking a lump sum pension or taking a pension over time, we can sit down and help you calculate the math on it and help you decide what's the best option for you. We see this a lot with uh, union pensions as well. We have a lot of people who come in that have retired from a union. I think that's important what you just said also. Uh, We talked a few weeks ago about the micro versus macro Uh, when you're talking about taxes, everybody's thinking micro for the most part and what they can do to save taxes or benefit their taxes in this year, whereas we really like to do both. We look at a micro and a macro approach, and what you're talking about right there, um, this person was thinking uh, micro, and you you know we have to think of it in a macro way, and how long is this money going to last you? And so that's something that we can absolutely do. We'll say, Okay, here's your total assets. Uh, here's what you're going to take per month or, and then per year. And here's how long this money will last you. So that's something that we do with every single client. And by the way, this uh, tip regarding taking the lump sum comes from a managing director at Northern Trust Wealth Management Company out of New York. Um, I want to give you another tip. Um, I wonder how many people right now are simply distracted and thinking I've got a lot more free time. So one of the things that you don't want to do, you don't want to make the mistake of failing to continue to learn. And here's a tip from uh, Northwestern Mutual's chief commercial officer, 
and president of investment products that are located in Milwaukee. So here's something to think about. If you've got time right now, if you're not working, if you're on unemployment, if you've been laid off, maybe this is a good time when you ought to be thinking about what new skills should you be learning? How do you set new career goals, perhaps? Don't just do nothing. This is a great time to be not focused on bad experiences or past experiences, but what could you do to improve your education, to take another course, to make yourself more valuable so when it comes time to take a different job or to be hired back, you're going to have different skills that you can offer. And one of the other things I'd like to do today is I want to give a little bit of homage, homage to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, She was a really well-known jurist, Supreme Court justice, And one of the things she said once, it is not women's liberation, it is women's and men's liberation. So she was very much about equal rights for everybody, and particularly women, obviously. So um, she'll certainly be missed on the Supreme Court. She also said, women will only have true equality when men share with them the responsibility of bringing up the next generation. Women still are the most important or the largest time-consuming, how do I phrase this correctly, a person who takes care of children, right? Women have more of a role in caring for children than men do. Probably not in your family, Pete. No, I think that that role has changed. I thought you were going down a different path, and I was trying to warn you to be careful. I didn't know where you were going with that, but... um, no, I think that that's uh, absolutely the case up until, you know, probably the past 10 or 20 years. Um, you know, there's a lot more women who deservedly have corporate jobs and are taking over um, roles that used to be considered, you know, only for the males. And thankfully, that's no longer the case. Um, I know um, me working in Dartmouth and my wife working in Providence before the pandemic, um, she had a, a commute. And I really didn't, you know, 10, 15 minutes for me and 45 minutes to as long as two hours sometimes for her, depending on traffic and accidents. Um, so I played more of a role for the most part um, with, you know, helping out with the kids. Well, I think you both do in your family, and I think it's important. And maybe that's something to, for folks to rediscover right now. Now, the next tip I'd like to give is something that doesn't apply to a lot of people. But it does to some. Some companies out there have actually been giving out bonuses. It could be a small bonus or a large bonus. What do you do when you get a bonus? Do you say, great, I've got more money I can spend? If you get a bonus and it's really considered to be like an unusual amount of money or an unusual event, why don't you not figure that into your regular budget? Why don't you instead say, you know what, this is money I'm going to put aside for retirement or I'm going to put money aside for a family vacation in the future. Do something to save it or save it for a rainy day fund, an emergency fund. Well, there's, you know, there's little tricks that you can play on your mind. And we've talked about this again in the past. If you pay yourself first, which we've always recommended, you know, set aside a little bit of money, even if it's five, ten dollars a week. Um, You know, hopefully you can do more than that. But if it's five or ten dollars a week, set that money aside first for yourself, for your retirement and eventually it will just become habit, and you'll figure out a way to pay the other bills. Um, My own wife, it's going back to her again, she actually increased her contributions to her 401k um, over the pandemic. And that's something we encourage everybody to do. If you can afford it, put more money aside. If this has taught you one thing, in an economic downturn, you can't always predict and count on the future. So and there should always be a three to six months um, expenses uh, amount of your total monthly expenses. You should have three to six months of expenses set aside somewhere safe, not in your house, but you know in a bank or something very liquid. And that's something actually that a lot of people will make the mistake of doing during you know difficult times. Is they'll say, "Well, I need this money now." And they'll they'll use it, or the other mistake is that some people do the opposite, and they'll take it out of something that's safe and and secure and conservative, not earning a whole lot, and they'll put it into something that may be more uh, risky because they feel like they need to try to make money now. 
Well, as a, a gentleman who's a professor of finance at the Yale School of Management in Connecticut who said, big mistake made, a lot of people make during a recession is the same mistake they make during the expansion times, not putting money aside when you can. That's basically what we're talking about. And yes, three to six months would be terrific if you can afford to do that. And some people will actually make the mistake of thinking that their uh, available credit on their credit cards is, you know, is something that you should count towards that three to six months uh, savings for your expenses. And that really should not be considered at all for a couple of reasons. During tight times and times of recession, um, credit card companies will often reduce that benefit, uh, that that um, limit. Uh, so you may all of a sudden find out that what you think is a five or a $10,000 uh, available credit on your credit card may change very quickly overnight. Uh, the other thing is um, you're going to be obviously paying a very high interest rate on those credit cards. So you're going to get into more difficult shape if you're relying on that as your savings. Here's a mistake some people make during a recession, during a time of economic downturn. They go without insurance. I've known people who've come into the office before that have said, I haven't had house insurance on my house for three years, and I haven't had any problems. But if you do have a problem, you've got a major problem. Of course, if you have a mortgage, you're required to carry insurance. And if your insurance is ever canceled and you don't continue with it, then your bank will be in touch with you. You will be in default in your home mortgage. Uh, the bank can insure your house for you and put insurance on it and add it to your mortgage bill. Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, if the only way that you can not have insurance on your home is if it's actually paid off. I think most people are aware of that. But um, I've actually seen personally two people who have lost homes who uh, had the home paid off. One was a three-family in New Bedford, and one was in South Dartmouth off of Elm Street. Uh, the, the one in New Bedford was the three-family, and then it was a single-family home in Dartmouth. Homes were complete losses after fires. I remember that. No insurance. You went there on a fire claim, if I remember. Yep, the, well, one of them. And um, Well, it's not just homeowner's insurance or tenant insurance. It's Car insurance, some people don't carry car insurance, and they should. You know, they call it an accident for a reason, because accidents are something you don't plan on necessarily, and they're unexpected. Well, the whole thing with insurance also is that it's not just about protecting your own interests, your own property, but also, you know, what happens if somebody in that multifamily that's renting the property and they lose, um, you know, a, a family member? You're going to get sued and the insurance would have covered that or a large portion of that, whereas now you're in big trouble. Same thing with a car accident. If you get into an accident with somebody else's vehicle and it's your fault, even if it's you know 50-50, um, you're not only going to lose out on your car and whatever belongings were inside that car, but also going to get sued by uh, the other party. And the last piece of insurance that I want to mention is health insurance. Health insurance is costly. Sometimes you get it from your employer. Sometimes you get it through the uh, state insurance plan, um, but don't go without health insurance because health insurance costs are enormous. The number one re reason that people go into bankruptcy is because of medical bills, because they haven't carried enough health insurance, which is a sad commentary on the times, but insurance is important. Make sure you continue with it. Now, what happens if you're older? and you've been laid off, and then your company decides it needs to reduce people, well, it's logical and normal for a lot of companies in that situation to simply say, we're going to take a look at our higher-paid employees first because that's costing us the most money. And um, what happens if you're rushed into retirement early? Have you done enough to plan for retirement? Don't accept a retirement plan unless you go through and crunch the numbers first. And that's something we do at USA Wealth Group. We do a lot of work in the area of retirement planning. Give us a call. Give Peter or me a call, 508-998-8858. And we'll be happy to do a retirement income analysis for you. One important thing to mention is don't ever feel uncomfortable or embarrassed if you feel like you have not done either enough or have not made the right decisions with your retirement savings, you'd be surprised. I would say at least three quarters of the people that we meet with have not done what they consider enough 
or have not done, you know, the right, have not made the right choices for their retirement. So it's a very common thing. Don't let that stop you from coming in and, and letting us help you. Um, I've got some clients right now who are planning to retire in the next five years. They really did not contribute a lot. They just sort of contributed like the bare bones minimum to their 401ks over the years. And now all of a sudden they are maxing out everything they can. They're maxing out their IRA contributions, their Roth IRA contributions, and doing everything they can, you know, sort of to speed up at the finish line. Um, So your retirement is a marathon, but if you spread it out over the marathon, you'll be in much better shape than trying to sprint at the end. This gentleman named David Abate who's a certified financial planner at Strategic Wealth Partners in Independence, Ohio, and he said, the worst mistake that they see is prospective clients who retire without first crunching the numbers, either because they were laid off or because they took an early severance package. So don't rush into retirement blindly. Uh, we're here to help, and this is virtually all we do. I haven't mentioned this for a long, long time, but the other uh, interesting thing is that the people who we meet with who seem to be the most concerned about their retirement are generally the ones who are in the best shape. And that's true. When I sit down with them, or you sit down with them, or sometimes we have you know joint meetings where you and I sit down with them together, we'll let them know. Listen, you're never going to run out of money. Here's how long this money would last you. You know, it's going to last you to age 120 uh, or whatever. We'll do the exact calculation for them. And they, you, you literally see them have this giant sense of relief, mm-hmm. and they, you know, thank us profusely. They want to be reassured. And uh, yet some people who come in here that are very confident, we, you know, take a step back and we say, whoa, you've got an enormous amount of credit card debt and don't have enough assets to really last you until age, you know, 75. Um, and it's a wake-up call to them, and we can, you know, sort of get them out of their habits and get them into a different path. Yep. No, I see, I've seen that quite a lot too, uh, Pete. I've seen people who have a million dollars or more in total assets, and uh, a lot of it's in retirement accounts, and then we sit down and discuss IRA withdrawal options. We're going to talk a little bit about that uh, a little further in the show, but one of the things that people need to take a look at is this is a good time to consider taking advantage of a Roth conversion, taking a traditional IRA account and converting it into a Roth. Yes, you have to pay income taxes on it, but remember this, the income tax brackets for individuals right now are the lowest they've been in years. About three years from now, they're automatically scheduled to go back up again, and that's likely to continue and, and to actually occur. But what if somebody lost money in the stock market, for example? They may have a loss they can offset against some of their income. One of the things we can do is we can go through and help you crunch the numbers. If you've ever heard about the benefits of a Roth IRA... You're not required to take minimum distributions, for example. And it allows you to have money accumulate a lot longer, and it can leave much more money to your family. So at least investigate the possibility of a Roth conversion. And again, I think most people are aware that when you take your Roth distributions, you don't have to pay taxes on them. Um, Roth IRAs are, are... Excellent. They should absolutely be a part of your retirement um, account. The only uh, thing I'll, I'll mention is we take a look at every single person individually, and Roth IRAs are wonderful because of uh, the fact that you don't have to take taxes, pay taxes when you take those distributions. But again, most people when they retire are in a lower tax bracket. So, you know, there's some advisors that just really tout Roth IRAs as the be-all, end-all, and that's not always the case. It depends on each person's individual case. Right. Here's another uh, quick little thing to think about. Interest rates are at an all-time historic low right now. It's a great time to think about refinancing your mortgage, especially if you plan to be in your house for at least three to five years so you can have enough time to recover the cost of refinancing. Or also refinancing your car. It's a good time to refinance a car. It's a good time to refinance a house. Those businesses, those institutions, those banks are really busy right now. So are house appraisers. Real estate appraisers are very busy right now. But this is a wonderful opportunity to sit down and say, what can we do to make more money going forward? What can we do to save more money going forward? 
think about refinancing. And you know, Pete, not every recession is the same. This is some information from the president of Integrated Financial Services in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Don't believe that this financial crisis is going to be like the last one, perhaps in 2008. People have a tendency to figure out the future is going to be like what it was in the past. This is not a normal time. This is the most dangerous, worst recession we've ever had in this country. It is for a a number of reasons. Uh, I mean, one out of every four restaurants, it's been told, um, are shut down for good now. Uh, One out of every five small businesses are shut down for good now. Uh, We've got a lot of people who, as you said, are actually spending more on credit cards than ever before during this pandemic when they really shouldn't be unless it's an absolute emergency. Um, In the meantime, you've got the uh, government trying to do these stimulus programs. They've already done several. Um, You know, it looks like there may be another one coming up. That's also just totally destroying the, you know, adding to the the national debt that we already had a a record national debt. And what's that going to look like when we quote unquote come out of this <laughs> but we can't count on nobody should count on the fact that there might be another stimulus package oh, no, not at all because I think the congress is totally deadlocked they can't agree on anything i think and I, I think most people think this way that a lot of people who were laid off um were really taking advantage of that extra 600 dollars a week uh, for the, the uh, unemployment stimulus and not wanting to go back to work when that was a mistake because um, you know, there may not be another stimulus. You were relying on that, and now maybe you can't find another job, or, you know, th- there's just so many different problems right now. Well, the most important point to th- is that history doesn't always repeat itself. In October 1929, when the stock market uh, took a large drop of 25%, a lot of people pulled their money out and went into cash. Um, that was a wise decision at the time because the market went much further down, and it took 25 years to recover. In 2008, when we had a big market dip again, it took until 2018. It took 10 years later before the market got back to the point where it was in 2008. That took 10 years to recover. On the other hand, the market went really down in February and March of this year, And if somebody took their money out and put it into cash at that point, when the market dropped 25%, only five months later, the market came back again. And stronger than ever. So they would have lost money. Well, it's still very volatile. It is. It's It's absolutely volatile. not the best place to be, depending upon what your objectives are. It's not. And, uh, you know, I'm an investment advisor representative. I can take a look at your portfolio and run a Morningstar report and let you know uh, how your portfolio is performing against the S&P as, as, um, as a whole and show you the pros and cons of it. Um, it's, it's really uncertain times. That's the main thing. But you never want to pull money out of the market when it's way down. Um, there's options. So give us a call again. I'm, I'm, my brain is going 100 miles an hour because I'm thinking of so many different um, different things that uh, people do and make mistakes when we're in a recession and when the market tanks out. And then you've got other people who were buying stocks like crazy and and, and calling me up um, when the market really tanked out in March. <laughs> we're going to take a very short break. And before we do, I want to give you one more quotation from Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She said, America is known as a country that welcomes people to its shores, all kinds of people. The image of the Statue of Liberty Uh, with Emma Lazarus' famous poem, she lifts her lamp and welcomes people to the golden shore where they will not experience prejudice because of the color of their skin, the religious faith that they follow. So she had some interesting things to say. Um, What I want to mention at this point is that we have about seven more topics that we want to discuss this morning, and it's going to get very specific about a few things. So we certainly encourage you to continue listening. I want to remind you that MoneyWise is brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. You can visit lawyers here at Lance Law, Inc., and they'll be happy to meet you and talk with you with no cost or obligation about your estate plan. This is a time when people need to think about, maybe I should get my estate plan in order. Maybe I should get my finances in order. This is the time to make a plan. Uh, you can give the law firm a call at 508-998-8800. They'd be happy to talk to you. 
You can call us at USA Wealth Group at 508-998-8858, and we'll be happy to talk to you about how to do better in retirement, how to save money, when to take Social Security. But we're going to go on and talk about uh, mistakes people make with their emergency funds, some special issues for millennials. Are you still supporting an adult child, and what are you paying for, and why are you doing it, and how long? What about if you're getting married? And you have debt. Are you disclosing that to your spouse-to-be? What about if one spouse gets an inheritance? Do they share it? What do they do with it? And should you treat your children equally with an inheritance? And lastly, we're going to talk about, is it time to open up with your spouse about finances? This is a perfect time. Maybe one person in a marriage has been controlling all the finances and paying all the bills, and the other person has been fairly ignorant about it. Maybe this is the time when both spouses need to take a look and decide, you know what, we both need to know what's going on here. I've seen over the years, Pete, a lot of situations when I'll meet with a woman, a widow, and she comes in, and her husband has died recently, and he handled all the finances. It can be either way. I've seen it both cases. And she doesn't have a clue about how to even write a check sometimes. So we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But let's get started, and I'd like to start the second part of our show with my dear friend George Carlin. He said, have you ever noticed that anybody driving slower than you is an idiot, and anyone going faster than you is a maniac? What do you think, Pete? You like that one? I like almost everything that George Carlin said. Yeah, I'll give you one more from him. He said, what does it mean to pre-board when you're flying? Do you get on board before you get on? That's true. Pre-board. Anyway, let's talk about mistakes people make with their... I already went over most of that during the first top of the show. Okay. Um, so I, I didn't actually have one through three in front of me, so I was sort of talking about some other things that I had in front of me, and I, I went through all of those already. So, so the most important point then is make sure you have an emergency fund, and if you can, three to six months, and don't rely on your credit cards as part of that emergency fund. But also the other thing that that mentioned is something I already mentioned, which is uh, don't don't forget to pay for your retirement um, accounts as well. So don't stop contributing to your IRA or Roth IRA payments unless you absolutely have to. Right. And uh, this is the time when you should be looking to reduce debt. You should be looking to uh, save money if you possibly can, improve your credit score, and most importantly, create a plan, have some goals. Well, let's talk a little bit about millennials then. So let's see. I think you're over the hill for a millennial, Pete. Thank God. Because millennials are from 23 to 38, and I think you're a little bit over 38. Um, but for those millennials who are listening out there, I wonder how many people are using this as a time, if they've been laid off, to think about what can I do to set some financial goals? Remember one thing. Nobody in this country has ever experienced a financial downturn like we've experienced uh, this year. And it's likely to continue into next year. What is it they say? 25% of all the restaurants in the country are never going to reopen? That's huge. Yeah, and uh, this is a little bit of a, you know, uh, off the off the uh, cuff remark and totally off <laughs> off of the topic, but you just said something that made me sort of laugh because you said nobody has witnessed what we're seeing right now. But um, my wife's grandparents are ninety seven and ninety eight, mm-hmm. and they went through the Great Depression, and they just celebrated their seventy fifth wedding anniversary. There was a big article in the Standard Times, and part of what they talked about is how they got through the Great Depression, um, how they scrimped and saved, what they um, you know, had to, to totally give up, and how they really didn't eat a whole lot and everything else. So oh, sure. if anybody's interested in that article, we have copies of it. I'd be happy to mail it to you. But 75 years married together. I can remember my own grandparents talking about the Great Depression when they went through it, and my grandfather, you know, long since deceased, used to carry a five-gallon bucket of milk for miles and miles from the farm to his house to save five cents a gallon. 
on milk so he could feed his family. We, it, there, there are horrible times to go through, and we're experiencing horrible times right now. But there's a group of millennials, it was an article in the Wall Street Journal that I thought was pretty interesting, uh, that uh, used to meet every January and talk about their annual goals and what they planned to do, and then they would revisit it. And the next thing they did is they switched over to Zoom Hangouts and Netflix party gatherings. And by July of of this recent year, this year, they said their January list seemed ridiculous because in January they were talking about all these wonderful things they expected to do during the year and travel and saving money and so forth. And all that went to pot in just a couple of short months, didn't it? No, it definitely did. It's funny. I was looking at my, um, I'm not sure if most people listening have this, but uh, if you have a Gmail account, um, you can have your photos automatically saved. So every time I take pictures on my phone, it automatically uploads to the cloud, to the the Gmail, Google cloud. And um, last night I was looking at my Google photos and thinking, what a totally different year 2019 was versus 2020. Mm-hmm. We had some vacations. We had just, you know, I, I saw some pictures of me going to concerts with friends and just a totally different year. I mean, I think everybody listening is aware of that. But when you see it in pictures, it's really like, wow, 2019 was awesome. <laughs> sure. And what, what do you do if you are a millennial and you've got student loan debt from graduating from school, for example? And um, have you contacted the student loan holder of your debt to find out if you can postpone payments? Because I believe you can in most cases. Um, One woman in this article had planned to ask for a raise this year, but then the company that she worked for went ahead and just cut everybody's salaries across the board. So she realized it wasn't the time to ask for a raise. And, you know, some of these millennials are also talking about how they're actually now finally for the first time in their, you know, professional careers, grateful to have a job. And they're actually pledging themselves to be more mindful about that they want to be a little bit more uh, helpful and uh, useful in their careers now. Well, it's a time to revisit goals. So if you made goals at the first of the year and you can't do things right now, you can't take certain travel trips, you can't do things that you wanted to do before, it's time to reset your goals. 30, 38% of these millennials um, have missed uh, payments, bills, car payments, whatever, uh, in 2020. And this article also goes on to talk about that most of them are already looking ahead, as I think most are, not that we're going to flip a switch and 2021 is all of a sudden going to be magical. I think that we're still um, very much set up to have uh, a difficult 2021 but it's a good idea now more than ever to have some New Year's resolutions and really kick off 2021 right. with a totally different mindset. Yep. With how you save, um, you know, how you spend, your, your total mindset can change. So for many people, um, the year 2020 is going to be simply a, a year to write off and kind of forget. Now, here's one that I like as a topic, Pete, um, and that is... Your kid is now 20 years of age or 22 years of age or 25 or I've known people who are much older in their 40s and 50s and they're still being supported by parents. So when is it time to stop paying for things for children, adult children? And when should you help them out? You know, what if they're totally laid off? Then probably that's a good time to invite them to come back and stay with you uh, because they don't have income they can't afford to pay rent well i'll tell you my wife and i are on the same page when it comes to this because um we are very good to our kids um but at the same time our oldest and we're going to do this with all three of our kids we told him that we expect that he's going to be out of the house by the time he is 18 um he's going to either be at college or if he is going to not go to college, then he's going to be working and either find an apartment. Or if he's living at home, he's going to be paying rent. Maybe that's why he keeps asking when I'm going to have space in my house for him. We, we've told him, <laughs> sorry, but you know, uh, you've got to, you know, learn to, you know, be responsible on your own. Um, we'll still support you 
in tons of other ways, including, you know, we'll pay for your groceries and everything else, but you need to start being really mature and responsible at age 18, if not before. Sure. Well, that that goes true for kids of any age. They need to learn to accept responsibility. And also, they're certainly experiencing a very difficult time, especially if they're doing school from home. Yeah, homeschooling has been a, a nightmare, as I'm sure anybody listening with kids mm. uh, going through the same can uh, attest to. But it, it's all—it's more than that with with us. I mean, uh, we have a split-level ranch, and right now he takes over the entire lower living room, quote-unquote. It's now like a little mini apartment for him with his own bathroom and everything. And um, we promised our middle child when he got to be the age where Nathan took that over that he could take that over because Nathan was going to be gone to college. So it, well, now Nathan's saying, I'm not sure if I want to go to college or not. <laughs> so we're saying, well, then... You're going to be paying your own rent, either with your own apartment or, if you're living with us, paying us. Well, I'm going to give you a George Carlin quotation that might brighten things up a little bit. Weather forecast for tonight? Dark. Don't like that one. I love George Carlin, but some of this stuff is a little bit silly. How about George Carlin said, just because you get the monkey off your back doesn't mean the circus has left town. Don't like that one either. Okay. No, I'm just shaking my head because I've never heard those, and I, I expected more from Carlin. All right. Well, I'm saving one just for you, Pete. Well, let's talk about when is it time to stop supporting your adult child. So what if you've been paying car insurance when your child was younger? You've added them onto your own car insurance policy, and you're spending an extra maybe two or $300 a month for the car insurance. And now they've got a job, maybe they're even out of the house, and that's still on your policy. Well, maybe that's an extra two or $300 a month that could go towards your own retirement account, for example. So if a child is a full-time student and they don't have the time to earn money, then maybe you should continue paying some of those things. But when they graduate and have a job, ideally, that's when you need to start filtering out some of those expenses. Yeah, and looking at this article, it says exactly what I just said, except that they're saying to start at age 20. Um, I think that, you know, children, quote-unquote, are out of the house and working or out of the house and at college at age 18. Um, that's just our feeling on that, but they're saying age 20. Well, there's a lot of numbers and a lot of expenses that are being paid by parents for adult children that you sort of forget about, you don't see. If it's an automatic payment on a credit card, for example, take a, this is a good time to take a look at your credit cards and decide. But rent is really a big one. And I know um, there's a particular gentleman who does listen to the show every week and has had an adult child and his entire family living with him for quite a long time. I'm not sure whether they pay rent or expenses or not, but Gosh, that's that's a big expense that somebody else is pay, having to pay, like parents. I don't think that I've mentioned this on the air. I've mentioned it to you many times, but you know, growing up, you were great at supporting me and and uh, my sister Catherine. But there's a lot more expenses now than there were back in the '80s and early '90s. Oh yeah, cost of living is much higher today. There was no internet back then. Internet is you know $150 a month when you have five people in a house. Yeah, mm -hmm. internet, cable. Cell phone bills. We pay for um, both of my boys' cell phone bills, which is expensive. Um, they both like to buy online video game stuff, which if they've been good and have done their chores, we may or may not say yes to. They always ask. They never just charge anything, which is good. Um, we pay an extra $10 a month for my oldest to have NFL Red Zone, um, which I don't really care about, but, um, you know, it's $10 a month. Well, I'm so old, Pete, that my first cell phone was attached in my car. It was in, in my trunk. center console. Oh, before that it was in your trunk. Yeah, there was a receiver <laughs> in the trunk, and then the, the handset was in my center console, and it was attached to a cord, and that's how I got to make mobile calls from my car. Yeah. We got rid of cable um, almost exactly a year and a half ago, and that cable bill was probably $150, $200 a month. So now we have YouTube TV, but even that is $50 a month. And then you have other things like Netflix and you know Amazon Prime. And it all just almost, it doesn't add up well, here's a close to the cable bill, but it still adds up. Here's a couple of things that are maybe okay to pay. If you have a child who's maybe buying their first house and they need money for a down payment, I think that's okay. Um, 
in my family, it was myself and my wife, uh, attorney Tenny Lance, we provided some down payment money for both of our children, helped them buy their first house. But that doesn't mean you help them make the mortgage payments. They no, just... that's a different story. That's what I'm. I'm not talking about that. Absolutely, we'll be uh, assisting getting all three of our kids off of the their feet, and you know, as much as we can with the first house and everything else. Um, but we just want to make sure that all three of them start being more responsible and acting really like an adult at age 18 as much as possible. Well, here's something you could do to help get parents off the hook financially. Uh, don't help your child get a credit card because that's an excuse and a way to spend money. Uh, show them how to get a debit card. That way they can only spend what they have in their own bank account. But right now there are times when maybe somebody younger has been laid off, they don't have a job, they can't pay their rent. That's, that's a sort of a good exception time when maybe you want to have them stay back at home with you for a while until they can get back on their feet again. But the ideal is just don't make it entirely rent-free or don't make it a permanent situation. Um, when they can get their own job again and get back on their feet, then let them do that. Teaches responsibility too, right, Pete? Absolutely. And, you know, again, it may sound like we're being hard and difficult and cold, but uh, we love our kids very much. And basically we're just trying to make sure that it's going to affect them positively down the road. Okay, one more George Carlin quotation for you, Pete. Actually, I'm going to give you two. He said, Frisbyterianism is the belief that when you die, your soul goes up on the roof and gets stuck. I'm not a big fan of any of these. Frisbyterianism. I've got to start doing the George Carlin quotes. All right, here's one more from George Carlin. Now I'll get off George Carlin. No, I'm going to give you two. He said, one tequila, two tequila, three tequila, floor. I've heard that many times before. I just didn't yeah. realize that he was the one that wrote it. Oh, okay. All right, here's the last one. I like this one, too. Uh, the main reason Santa is so jolly is because he knows where all the bad girls live. Carlin wrote that? Carlin said that. I didn't know that. <laughs> I've, I've heard that before, too. Well, I kind of thought that was cute. All right, let's talk about marriage. When marrying couples keep a secret... That come back to haunt you. So I wonder how many people right now are realizing for the first time that, gee, I didn't know my husband or my wife had all this debt that I didn't know about. Love and marriage, love and... Well, anyways. Um, no, singing is not what we do on the show. I actually remember this so clearly. Um, one of my sister's friends said way back, way back, 20-plus years ago, I don't care about what somebody looks like as much as I want to see his bank account before I'd consider dating him. Did somebody really say that? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Well, I can believe that because, um, well, George Carlin, my last quotation I promised from George Carlin, he said, I am is reportedly the shortest sentence in the English language. Could it be that I do is the longest sentence? What do you think, Pete? I'm not saying anything. Okay. Well, I have some good marriage quotations for you as well. So marriage, if you're going to get married, share stories with your spouse-to-be about what are your expectations for finances? When do you plan to retire? How much money do you plan to save? Are you putting money into a retirement account at work? And most importantly, what if you have debt? Uh, you don't want to keep debt hidden, whether it's student loan debt or whatever it happens to be. Because later, if you have a time like today, it's really a problem. And by the way, you can still have debt on one side or the other, but then create a plan for getting out of debt, including how to pay off student loans and things of that nature. Well, we see it all here, as, as I've mentioned many times. And, you know, the I do quote that you just said sort of, stands true, unfortunately. People are living longer and people's marriages, you know, sometimes can go um, quite long and people change over time sometimes. And we see that quite frequently. Um, we see people who come in here and say, you know, um, my wife and I grew apart because uh, our financing, our finances were totally different and, and our view on finances were totally different. Our where and how we wanted to retire are different. And we see people with new marriages who say, you know, we're on the same page and we've got it together. We've got the same mind. Um, this is actually something that I 
um, came up with years ago as a joke, and it's my own little quote. I, I used to tell friends all the time, marriage is a great idea when it was created because life expectancy at the time was 35. <laughs> and it's a joke, but it's true. Well, people, Rose Kennedy once people said, "People change had, over time." Rose Kennedy once said, "I've had an exciting time. I married for love and got a little money along with it." <laughs> so that says a lot too, doesn't it? Listen, if if anybody would like to have a copy of "When Marrying Couples Keep Dead Hidden" or information about how to wean students and children off of being dependent upon you financially, we're more than happy to provide a copy of these articles. Give us a call at 508-998-8858. And one of the things you can entertain also is go to the law firm, Lance Law, and say, you know, we're thinking about getting married, and we probably ought to have a prenuptial agreement because one spouse is going to inherit a lot more money than the other is. And we want to make sure that uh, if we should be divorced, then that's going to be not part of the equation in getting divorced. It's it's a good thing to do. Um so when one spouse gets an inheritance, uh, that can be tricky also. And um, and once again, we've seen that here. Um, we've seen everything. So Well, I had a funny situation where I had a woman who won a huge sum of money in the lottery. And when it came time to go to the lottery commission in Braintree to collect it, she asked if I would like to go along with her husband and her to get it. And then she had me wait in a restaurant across the street after they, she got her first check, she came back, and it was over $900,000 after tax. It was that 20-year payout thing. And she said, would you like to see the check to me? And I said, yeah, I'd like to see the check. So she showed it to me, and I said, wow, this is great. And then the husband said, can I see it too? <laughs> she hadn't shown him the check. <laughs> I almost choked on my muffin at that point. Groucho Marx once said, marriage is a wonderful institution, but who wants to live in an institution? (laughs) Um, Even Abraham Lincoln chimed in and said, marriage is neither heaven nor hell. It is simply purgatory. That's nice. (laughs) Well, how about Ben Franklin? Do you like Ben Franklin, Pete? Yeah, of course. He said, keep your eyes wide open before marriage, half shut afterwards. Like that one? Well, we've got more information to share. Um, this is a great, wonderful time to sit down with your significant other, the person you live with, or your spouse, and make a plan together for how to help your financial future. We can help you with that. So give us a call. Keep listening. And do you have any last words that you want to say, Pete, before you sign off? I don't. Just uh, have a great Sunday, everyone, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, and thank you so much for listening, and um, stay well, be well. We will talk to you soon on the radio.